0: And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your co-skeeter, and along with me, as always, are Case and Cole. How are y'all doing? Good. How are y'all? Howdy y'all. Uh, Cole, do you want to introduce our special guest we have with us tonight?
1: I do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got another outdoors Mizzou athlete, uh, offensive lineman for your Missouri Tigers, Luke Griffin. Luke, how are you, man?
2: I'm doing great. How are
1: you? We're doing good, man. We're we're stoked that you came on the show. Um, we're I, I think I speak for both uh, Casey and Skeeter that we're getting more and more excited that we're finding this niche of of Mizzou athletes that comes from an outdoor upbringing and, and is involved in you know hunting and fishing and, and the outdoors. And so for us to have you know our second guest that's a, a student athlete um, that, that's involved in the outdoors, we're we're stoked
2: yeah i mean it's a great thing um you know i grew up in it and i can't see myself without it so cool
0: well, luke, if you kind of want to start just tell everybody uh you know kind of where you're originally from because you're not uh born and raised in missouri and so just kind of start with your upbringing there
2: yeah so uh my name's luke griffin um you know I, like they said, I play football here at Mizzou. Um, I'm originally from a small town called Chatsworth, Georgia. Um, it's about 30 miles South of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, I live in the, uh, smoky mountain range, so there's always good hunting, fishing, you know, outdoors things to do. And yeah, that's, that's about me. And that's where I'm from.
0: Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, how big of a culture shock or is, was there a culture shock coming from Chatsworth, Georgia to Columbia, Missouri?
2: Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say as much as a culture shock as you would think it was the first month or so. It was difficult, you know, just being away from home, but just, you know, my thing is like, I, I get out, I meet people, um, you know, it was hard that, you know, Columbia is a lot bigger than where I live. I came from a, town where there's maybe six thousand people so uh, you know columbia is a lot bigger than you know where i'm originally from but you know now that i'm here i love it and uh, i wouldn't change anything of my decision at all
3: do you want weird. a little light on uh what brought you to mizzou
2: yeah so originally i was committed to the university of georgia um you know, I was going to play there, grew up a diehard Georgia Bulldogs fan, um, committed there. Uh, then six days before signing day, um, you know, my senior year, they ended up pulling my scholarship because the previous year I had tore my ACL. Um, then from there it was just, they pulled my offer and then I had to visit schools. I visited seven schools in six days. Um, So I ended up beds in Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mizzou, Arkansas, Nebraska, and Indiana. And, you know, out of those, I was like, man, I I still want to play in the SEC. I want to play at the highest level you can play in college. And uh, I had a chance to come here and play early, and here I am. Cool. Glad to have you.
1: Yeah, we're stoked. We're stoked to have you. It sounds like you know from the from all those offers of the place that you visited, um, it, it was probably a pretty safe bet that you know you were going to end up in the SEC. And like the fact that you pretty much visited every single SEC East school, um, aside from what Vanderbilt, um, South Carolina. Like were, yeah, in South Carolina, you were pretty much destined to uh, to land within the SEC East. Yeah,
2: I mean, there was no doubt that I wanted to play, um, you know, at the highest level in college, which is the SEC. To me personally, I think it's the best college in football. But I agree. I think just for me, it was like, you know, now that you say that, it does seem like I visited all the East schools. But back then, I was like, man, these are just SEC schools. And, you know, I want to see where I fit the best. And, you know, actually what's funny is I came here on my visit and – you may have heard a kid named Case Cook. He was offensive lineman here. Yeah. yeah. So, he's from Georgia, too, and we hit it off well. And what really got me was the whole SEC and playing football here. And he was telling me how great the hunting and outdoors is. And after that, it was over.
3: <sighs> <laughs> That's funny. The next question was going to be that he would try and pitch you on our, the outdoors here in Missouri.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, because – me and Case Cook, we live like an hour and 20 minutes away from each other in Georgia. So, But, you know, I came up here on a visit, and he was my host, and we just hit it off and started talking about, you know, our hobbies and stuff. And he was like, well, the outdoors here and everything else here is great. And I said, well, that's all you had to tell me. I love, <laughs> I love football and I love hunting and outdoors. So that works out go.
1: Well, good. Then you need to, you know next uh next i guess official visit you know where you're uh you know the mentor or the guy or, you know sponsor or whatever i guess you need to find the next offensive lineman coming out of georgia that uh likes to hunt fish and say hey this is this is where you need to be
2: oh yeah i mean it's awesome i just love the part of columbia to me what i love is i can be from my apartment into the city in 15 minutes or i can leave my apartment and B to my duck blind in fifteen minutes. That that's the part to me that's like, man,
3: this it's just awesome. It is. That's the beauty of Missouri, really. In most specs, I'm the same
1: way. Exactly. That's that's one thing I love. I live in Columbia. Um, pretty much grew up right here in mid Missouri, and that's one thing I've always loved. Man, is it does in an hour. I mean, even just in an hour's time, you can be in a whole different part of the state. And that's what's great about being, you know, just locally right smack dab near the middle of the state is you're close to, you're close to everything.
2: Oh, for me too. Like, you know, I hunt just about every species, but like for me, like I have a place to duck hunt here in Columbia, that's 15 minutes from my apartment. But even if I don't want to hunt there, I can be to grand pass in an hour and 15. Yeah. So it's not like. Like I'll travel that far if I know I'm going to kill birds and grand pass is always produced. So, you know, it's, I'll chase a bird. I'll get up at two o'clock to go
1: chase ducks. I don't care. (laughs) Man, you waterfowlers, you waterfowlers are a whole different breed. I think that's one thing that Case Skeeter and I, we haven't dabbled too much into. And you and I talked about a little bit last week that I need to give it a shot, but I tell you what, if, if I adopt another outdoor hobby, my wife might have my hide i'll tell you that
2: well yeah, like like i told you last week <laughs> it's either you're gonna spend it on her or you're gonna spend it on
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she told me before she, we came to record this too she said i'm gonna listen to that episode tomorrow when it comes out so, oh boy here we go
0: <laughs> luke what what is your favorite duck uh to, to hunt out there
2: to me personally um i mean obviously the best to me the best eaten duck is a teal um, yeah i love a teal you know wrap it and smoke it and put bacon on it or whatever and then but i think the prettiest ducks and the you know the more like prized ducks to kill is obviously your standard mallet. They, I mean, mallards, there's nothing more fun than killing some mallards. But then, um, then I always, it's fun always killing pintails. I mean, pintails is like a sacred bird to kill. Like, it's awesome. Like, if you kill a pintail, like, that's a big deal. Um, and then what's crazy, like, not many people know this. Like, even the waterfowlers from here that I've hunted with, Like they don't know like down in Georgia where we hunt like we don't have many mallards or we don't have many pen, we don't have any pintails so like all we kill in Georgia is a bunch we kill a lot of wood ducks and wood ducks are very pretty duck as well so I guess like if I'm here in Columbia my favorite ducks to kill are are mallards and pintails but back home I just take what I can get at that point
0: you you (laughs) talk about the wood ducks I've got a spot here of public land I live in northwest arkansas and uh I'll, where i go deer hunt one of the public places is a big duck hunter place as well for public land and then wood ducks will be in some heavy patch of woods and you don't even realize you're walking up on a on a ditch line that's got water in it and them circles will take off flying and you're, you're looking somewhere else and I, they have made me jump a time or two.
2: Oh yeah <laughs> and you know if you if you get into it and you see it and you watch it like even like mallard and pintails coming in they fly a lot slower but the smaller ducks like a tail and a wood duck i mean they are moving like if they come in a group it sounds like a a pack of fighter jets
1: coming through <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll kind of transition here a little bit at staying in the outdoors portion. Um, you, uh, you texted me a picture last week of a, a pretty good buck you killed. Um, you want to kind of tell us a little bit of story on that?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> that's a great story actually. So I, uh, it was one, it was like a, I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday evening. It was during football season. Um, we got out of practice earlier or something, and I was like, man, I'm going to go hit the woods for a while. Like, I'm just going to go hit the woods. Or, you know, if I don't see anything, that's the worst thing that could happen. So I went, and I have a climbing stand. So I just go, and I put my climbing stand on my back, and I went out. I got in the stand, and I hadn't more gotten the stand, pulled my bow up, and sat down, and – that, that deer i sent you a picture of was standing probably 60 yards away from Oh, so cow. i i get up in the stand i finally get sat down and i'm like holy cow like that thing's right there like and you know a good deer and uh so i sat there and i don't know about you guys but i'm not comfortable taking a 60 yard shot with a bow no no so i sat there and i have my grunt call and i'm hitting my grunt call and it's it's coming to me, but it's taking, like, one step at a time. Like, it's it's moving slow. And it gets to the point where I'm like, man, am I going to be able to kill this thing or what's going to go on? Well, then it blows at me. It smelled me, something that blows at me, spooked it. So it ran off. So at this point, it's probably 200 yards away. I'm still watching it. I'm sitting in the edge of a field. So then I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to see it again. Well, I'm just sitting there. I'm actually on my phone just playing around. Well, then I, I look up and it's getting closer. And finally it just came in to where I could get a shot on and put one on it. And I don't think it ran more than like 50 yards. So. No nice. kidding.
1: So he spooked from you, walked away out to 200 and then turned and then around came, and just came trotting back in?
2: Came trot. Well, when he ran away. I was like, man, my only chance is either hit a grunt or rattle at it. So I hit a grunt, and I had dough urine around me. Um, so I don't know if I spooked it or if something else spooked it, but yeah, it went, ran away probably 175, 200 yards away, and then I grunted at it. It stopped, and then after that, it, I, I didn't work it. it just, I just sat there, and it finally came into about 35, 40 yards, and I took a shot on it and good Lord bless me with a nice harvest. So
1: there you go.
0: Well, congrats, so man. I, I, That's
3: awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, man.
0: I do have to know what does what what kind of pound pullage does an SEC offensive lineman pull on their boat?
2: So mine set at 80. So 80.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> so
2: mine set at 80. Uh, I had it. I had it set at sixty, and then it was just like I don't know for me, I don't know specific bows or whatever. But at sixty, it just felt like my arrow wasn't traveling like I wanted it to. So I bumped it to eighty. Now I will say eighty is not very comfortable because you know eighty pounds is a lot to pull back. But you know my thing is, I guess I better get it my sides quick. So yeah, Yeah. that's Um, awesome
1: so where do you what so when you you mentioned uh i think it was either before we started recording or you know during the recording you you live in an apartment so are you you taking that back you calling a buddy saying hey i need to hang this in your garage or are you taking it back and working it up on your apartment counter or, or how's, <laughs> how's that work out
2: so i met a buddy uh here and he went to Rockbridge high school and uh, I met him through one of my other football buddies, and then we hit it off. And he's got a, a barn that's not fully closed in. It's just closed in on three sides. So I take it over there and just hang it there overnight. And then had to go back the next day and quarter it up and everything else.
1: So Good deal. You, hey, go. you can't Thanks. beat that, man, especially, yeah. you know, college student being able to get some. I mean, that's well next, to, th- next to elk. That's the best kind of meat there is.
2: Well, and it was hard. I mean, you know, coming in here, it was hard because I didn't know anybody. Um, I didn't have a clue where to go. I just looked up, you know, the conservation areas and stuff like that and started hunting there, which it's done me great, so I have no complaints about that. But it was hard just – and honestly, and if anybody's listening to this and you're new and you're somewhere in a place you've never been, download Own X, Own X Hunt, and that's what I did, and I just – Literally went door to door, and the worst thing they can tell you is no. So
1: that's man, you sound just like me. That's exactly what I told Case and Skeeter, man. That's that's <laughs> my thing. I just go, it, that's exactly it. The worst thing to tell you is no, and then you're like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'll just go to the next one.
2: Oh, if they tell you no, then it's like, well, I can, you know, there's 10 million other places around here that I can ask. So.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly.
2: Now, I will say I was a little hurt one time because I pulled up on this place. And I went up to ask them, and they had about a probably a 10-acre lake in the back of their house in the field, and it was loaded with ducks. <laughs> they, were, they were sitting all over it. And I asked, and sadly, they told me no. But you know, I respect it. It's their land; and they can do what they want to. With it, so. That's
3: right. Do you ever use the, the zoo football player aspect to kind of help your cause?
2: I don't at first, but if I can tell they're kind of going to say no, then I throw it in there a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I would would
3: too. I work it in there if it's not going your way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if it's it's not going my way, I try to be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm new. I'm from Georgia, and I play football. Like, I try to throw that in there, but. I don't start with it, but if it starts going south and not my way, I'll definitely mix it in. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: awesome. <laughs> um, you We did this in pre-show, but just for listeners, I think it's so interesting. Tell a little bit about your uh, your bow setup. And like like Skeeter said earlier, what exactly an SC lineman uses as a setup? So my bow
2: I bought, I ended up buying a Matthews Z7. Um and it was one of the bows at the time. You know, I bought it as soon as I got to school. But it was one of the only bows at the time where I could have, uh, you know, the poundage that I wanted to pull back. Um, you know, right now it's set at 80. Um, and then it's also one of the only bows that I could have a 32-inch draw lens. So that's kind of my setup I go with. Um, I used to use Rage. Uh, I used to use Rage broadheads. Kind of had a bad deal with one of those. One of them didn't open up when I shot, so now I just use a fixed broadhead. But yeah, that's yep. kind of my setup. That's how I I roll. I mean, it's a great bow. It's done me great, so I don't have anything bad to say about Matthews at all. So,
3: man, mine I use long draw as well. Mine goes to thirty two, but it maxed out at set Cause when you said 80, I was a little shocked. Cause when I was researching long draw bows, I didn't see anything over, over 70 pounds. So that 70. yeah. So
2: the way, like, so the way, so they had to, so mine set mine originally, and I wouldn't have known this if it wasn't for, you know, the people that helped me get the bow were really intelligent about the bows and, and you know, that aspect of it. But my, uh, my draw length on my bow actually only goes back to 30. It goes back to 30 inches. But then what they did to make up for the other two was they just put a two inch D loop on it for when I clip my, my release in there. So they put a two, oh, inch, wow. they put a two inch D loop on it. So, you know, when you draw it back, that equals out to a 32 inch draw length.
3: <laughs>
1: that's gotcha, That's smart.
3: Yeah. I never actually heard anyone doing that. But I mean, I guess if it, it works, because you're right. I I think on my long draw bow, it's also only a single cam. You can't find a lot of uh, LD bows with dual cams, and that may be something. I guess Matthews a single solo cam, but
2: yeah, mine's you know. Just, you know
3: probably... But yeah, uh, I know there's a little limitation on the long draw bow, so that's cool. I didn't even think about doing that when I was looking for mine.
2: And I, I trust me, I wouldn't have either. Uh, you know, like I said, the guys here. At where i buy all my stuff i buy it through i like supporting like the local companies not like the bass pros and stuff like that so Definitely. i get everything i get everything of mine through uh powder horn
1: yeah boy then so, my, my boys up there
2: oh yeah i'm there i bet i go in there once or twice a week
1: there you go that's awesome they they've helped me i think four seasons in a row now i i kind of made a switch as well from you know light shooting light fast arrows to fixed heavy setups you know yep. fixed broadhead heavy setups and kelsey i think i think the guy's name's kelsey in there um,
2: so, yep kelsey's in there and uh they have like a guy named jared in there he helps me a lot so yeah if, they've been awesome they really oh are. yeah they're great and like i said like i can go buy something at bath pro in any state but i like you know i like helping out the local like people that are they're trying to make a living too so
0: yeah you get a little better service too and that's always fun i I did want to ask uh the the parts you're from there in georgia can you kind of give a body size comparison to the central missouri deer that you've you've hunted like who has the bigger deer
2: oh there's no question about that i mean the bigger deer they're definitely here uh in missouri uh you know i killed i've killed a deer in georgia that is you know it's big for georgia it's probably it was a 10 pointer and it weighed i don't know one one forty five one fifty <laughs> um, and then i came here and killed that one and put it on the scale and it was almost 200 pounds so yeah
1: you know pounds dressed right
2: yeah dressed.
1: oh yeah that's, I don't yeah. I don't doubt it, man. There's some big deer up here, so for sure.
2: So, when I yep. kill, you know, there's just a huge, there's a lot more here, you know, the farming, the corn. There's a lot more natural habitat for them to eat. Um, yep. As back home, it's kind of, you know, back home, it's like, it's mostly hardwoods. So, you know, they're eating acorns and stuff like that, but it's nowhere near the vegetation they have here.
0: We just had a state biologist on the last, uh, last week and the state herd is at 1.6 million and they were just about 7,000 shy of 300,000 deer total harvested this past hunting
1: season for the state Dang. yeah it was was a good year good year in the state of Missouri for for deer um hey Luke I wanted to ask you so you know you mentioned earlier once we once we opened you know you were offered by Georgia um you know you grew up a, a Bulldogs fan um Obviously, you you chose to come here, and we're elated that you that you chose here. So, this past season, October first, you know, we hosted number one Georgia under the lights. Um, I was I was at that game, uh, Case. I don't. Were you there?
3: Nothing than golf tournament,
1: okay, in a golf tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I I, I ask a to ask this from a player's perspective that place was jam packed under the lights i mean absolutely incredible atmosphere from a fan's perspective from a player's perspective what's what's that like what was that game like
2: you know as you know i'm i'm going on my 5th year here so y'all on my 5th year that's the most electric most you know just jumping game as i've been a part of here At the University of Missouri, man, you know it seemed like, you know, we're up playing well, playing great, and then it just all seemed like you look up and it's a sold out game, and it's just, it almost felt fake. It almost felt like you're in like a just a blur. There's like you look up and you see the lights and you see all the people, but then it just it just felt like you're in like a simulation, like like a blur where you're like, man, is this real? Like you know. It's, you know, we're grateful we get to do this. Like, it was awesome. It was, it was one of the most electrifying atmospheres I've been a part of.
1: It was, it was an incredible game. I mean, obviously not the outcome we wanted, but it's almost like, you know, from a fan's perspective, you're like, I just, I wish this game clock would go a little bit quicker and we could hit, you know, triple zeros and this thing oh, be yeah. done and we'd oh, walk out here with a W. But man, what a, what an incredible atmosphere for sure.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. It was
0: awesome. So, Hopefully we can get back to that being the standard at Mizzou. Uh, We've had – that is not the first sellout, not the first uh, great atmosphere like that. We've had it sporadic throughout the years, but hopefully we we get it to where it's more continuous. Well, Um,
2: I think it'll happen. I think that, you know, whether it's when I'm here or when I'm gone, you know, I'll still be a Missouri Tiger until I die. Um, but I think it's – I think the players have definitely bought in with the new coaching staff. I think that's, you know, number one. But I think also the fans have to buy in to the process. So, you know, it's hard for a coach to come in here first year and win the SEC and win a national championship. Like, you just have to understand – you just have to understand, that it takes time. Like, it's not just going to happen overnight. And I think – sometimes the fans want it to happen overnight and when it doesn't I think they start, you know, looking down on the whole thing.
0: No, I yeah. think you're right. The The transfer portals changed a lot of expectations for people because uh, programs can have a one-hit wonder and then you know, like TCU this past year uh, came out of nowhere and they are in the national championship game. So I think that that stretches expectations for a lot of people, because if TCU, if TCU could do it, then why can't Mizzou? You know, and uh, so that that leaves that room for for those type fans. But uh, if you've watched the program over the handful last decade, even, uh, I definitely think we're on an upward path.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, just from not this past season, but the season before to this past season, I mean, we lost a combined four or five games by 12, 15 points. So, yeah. you know, you can look at it as like we still lost, and which, you know, it hurts and, you know, you learn from it. But the way I look at it is, man, look at the growth we've made and look how much further we can make. It, so,
0: What is – what is Luke Griffin most excited for going into spring football?
2: Um, just excited to get back out there and compete, you know, you know, it makes it a lot better, you know, when you work out and everything every day, you know, you're killing yourself, killing your body. It just makes it a lot better when you have something to look forward to, you know, going out and competing against your own team. Um, you know that's what we came here to do: is play football. So when you get the chance to, even if it's practice, you know, just take advantage of it and uh, competitive the competitiveness of it. So,
0: absolutely, and fellas, what else y'all got for him?
1: Man, I think we covered it all. At least from at least from my perspective, I'm just Luke. I'm grateful that you you know took the time out of. Uh, uh, I'm sure a busy Wednesday night for you, but you know, you mentioned spring ball, you got, you know, weights in the morning, but yeah, I just, I can't thank you enough for um, number one, choosing Mizzou, you know, choosing to come here and being a part of, uh, you know, what's, what we're, what we're building here. Um, Not just with the program, but with this podcast, Um, we, we mentioned that not only the student athlete is a very tight niche, but those that are involved in the outdoors is, is even a tighter niche and a tighter group and, I'd say this, if you got any, uh, if you got any other student athlete buddies, whether it's within football or not, that, uh, that are wanting to hop on and kind of tell their story from an outdoors and athlete perspective, you send them our way.
2: I will do. And, you know, if there's any athletes out there that hear this, um, you know, for me, the outdoors and, you know, just doing mother hobbies is a great way to get away from the sport for a while and just, you know, just think about something other than the sport, you know, for me, it's a great way to get out and not have to worry about, you know, what I'm doing, you know, if we're running the ball to the right or the left, like it's a way for me to get away. Cause you know, you need those times to get away. Um, you know, this is my way to do it. But even if it's not yours and you're hearing this, find a hobby that, you know, that you can do to get your mind off of, you know, football, your sport. So it'll help you in tremendous ways. So,
0: <laughs> that's funny oh. you say that because I know the three of us uh have all watched uh, Mizzou football games on our phones <laughs> in the deer stand. So you go to the deer stand to get Mizzou football off your mind, and we're going <laughs> to the deer stand to think about Mizzou football well <laughs> on our yeah, mind.
2: That's that's awesome, but yeah. Uh-huh. Always on our mind.
1: I'd say me, but, you, Case, and uh, and Noah Carter, we got to link up this spring to start chasing some turkeys.
3: Well, let's do yeah. it. I'm, spring game is, might able to make it work.
2: Oh, yeah. We play, I think it's April 18th. No, yeah. Not I April. yeah,
3: it is April 18th. Is it or
1: April
3: March? 18th? No, I thought it was March, March. 18th. March.
1: Yeah, I think it's March, yeah.
3: And yeah. we get to oh. the, we get to Cinco a mile with uh, Turkey here in Missouri, and I've, I've shot birds on the last day of the season, so it just doesn't get too hard out there. Yeah, we, we've got to do something like that. It'll be a lot of fun.
2: We'll have to do it. Y'all just let me know when.
0: You bet. Love it. All right, appreciate you coming on, Luke.
2: Yeah, thank y'all so much, and uh, y'all have a great night. You
0: All right, too, thank sir. you, buddy. Well, fellas, that was a uh, very That's great awesome. interview. Very glad yeah. I have – student athletes willing to come on and and talk outdoors uh, you know and and how common it is and it's not you know for the state of missouri we talk about there's it's so different from corner to corner but there's so much that is in common for the state and so to hear from somebody coming from georgia and he felt right at home with getting to go out and do all the outdoor stuff. It makes you proud to be a tiger, to be from Missouri.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's the same language. Like, we all just sat here and, you know, talked for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And we all just spoke the same language, even though that, you know, the four of us were all in in complete different aspects of our life. We just have that outdoor common ground.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well,
3: you can sit there and talk to anyone with hunting from any lifestyle, and that's that's a really cool thing to have in life.
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Before we transition to football or to to basketball, I, I did want to take a moment here and and talk Missouri football, but not not the Tigers. Uh, this would be Case's team. Uh, oh boy! Big big game Sunday. <laughs> What's going on Sunday? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's qualifying for Daytona 500 There Cole oh, <laughs> but, okay. uh, I'm excited for that Dave, too. Are, are you Are you pumped, are you ready, are you nervous what, Oh man the...
3: <laughs> I'm a lot of things uh, Excited, definitely uh, Super nervous uh, It was not much fun last time I watched My team in the Super Bowl I did not enjoy that day um so i'm hoping for an outcome better than that i don't know i got i got a lot of nerves i don't i don't like that my quarterback's a little gimpy right now i don't like that uh half our receivers got hurt in the ac championship game so we'll see we'll see i'm i'm probably nervous energy is the way to go i guess
0: we're we're the only state out of the uh sec states that has a professional football team playing right now so uh, even yeah. though I'm not a Chiefs fan, it you know, just kind of want to throw that out there. If anybody's not a Mizzou fan, just kind of stick it in your face.
1: <laughs> if they're not a Mizzou fan and they're listening to this, uh, you're, you're lost, but I'm glad you're listening.
0: We might have some Georgia Bulldog fans come on to that's true, to listen, that's very to true. So, that's a good point. Uh, nana Nana Boo Boo Atlanta Falcons, y'all suck.
1: No. <laughs> I think I, I think they have bragging rights for sure right now, especially after that performance in the uh, in the Natty.
0: Yeah, well let let's go go ahead and go to basketball. We have three games to recap, and I don't really know how much in depth we want to go in on any of them. We talked on here last week about how LSU coming in, we need to take care of business. Felt like we did we won eighty eighty seven to seventy seven. Uh not really anything stuck out to me on that game. Did any anything to y'all? Uh we shot well. That's what stuck out to me. Yeah.
3: And uh you'll go get more of that in the games later, but we shot well and that is how Mizzou wins games.
1: Yep, plain and yeah. simple. I mean just when we talked about that magic number when I think Mizzou eclipses eighty points they're or whatever. Okay, 70, seventy points. Yeah. When they're when they eclipse seventy points, um they play they win games. Um you know, they may not play the prettiest game like one last night, but hey, we win in basketball games. Um our boy Noah Carter in that game, three for six from the three point line, um, played twenty two minutes, at fourteen points. Kobe Brown, did Kobe Brown things again, was 10 of 11 from the field. I mean, just insane. Um, Yeah, overall, just good basketball against LSU.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Then Saturday was complete opposite.
0: Uh, They go to (laughs) Starkville and lose 63 to 52. And I was telling Case in the pre-show that that game just reminded me a lot of A&M. Like, got down big and then brought it back within four and – Next thing you know, we're down big again. Uh, never really got our footing.
3: I'll tell you what. It, at first, I kept saying this. It felt like the Vanderbilt game. Y'all remember Vanderbilt, uh, that 11 a.m. CBS game we had, where it seemed like we get on a 10-point run, they get in a 10-point run. 10-point run, back forth, back forth. It felt like that on a smaller scale, two, like five-point 5, five point runs. And I, I just kept waiting for those shots to start falling. Because I remember in the second half of that Vandy game, guys – Guys really came on and started hitting those threes, and we started to pull away, and you know, won a, we won the game a little more comfortably. I kept waiting for that, and so I'll to, to the listeners out there. Saturday, uh, I got up early, took my wife and kid. I, I traded in my old pickup, bought a new one. Um, I was happy with the deal. I was in a great mood, so I was just I was re- cloud nine, and I was sure my Tigers were going to win. And I, I look at my wife. I look at my wife when we start hitting some threes there towards the end. I think there's 10 minutes left. We, we got it within, like, what? Was it three points? Four points? Is that right, guys? I
0: Four. So. Four.
3: Yeah. I look at her, and I'm like – I look at her, and I said, it's all coming up aces, lens. Got, got the <laughs> truck I want. I was like, Mizzou's going to come back. We're going to win this thing. It's all going to be good. And then that did not
2: – <laughs> and
3: <laughs> I had to kind of, you know, like she laughed at me. Um First, and I'm also not a huge, like, optimism, optimistic guy we play. I'm kind of more on, like, the pessimistic side. So one time I do that, it goes south. But I really just thought those threes were going to start falling. I thought once they started going in that we were going to – but the the lid stayed in the basket. Uh, Hodge missed both free throws right. And, man, did that not feel like a dagger? Like, a lot of points were left at the free throw line in that game.
1: Yeah, we yeah. were – I mean, we we talked in the – in the preview leading up to the LSU and the Mississippi state games that, you know, the LSU one, we felt pretty decent with, but the the, the Mississippi state game felt like a trap game, um, you know, and it's college basketball. Like I think the trap game is more of a, of a football cliche to say, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we shot 66% from the free throw line and yeah, there, you know, there, there's a lot of points left on the board there. Um, but I mean, as far as rebounds, it was, Pretty even, 35 36. They had one more rebound than us. So,
3: no, we didn't I don't
1: know. rebound super poorly, but no, we just, we just never, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is about the hump. We just never play well there. No,
3: I hate to simplify it, but we just couldn't get the damn ball to go in the damn hoop. <laughs>
1: it's crazy but... how, uh, how bad games go when you don't do that. <laughs> how <laughs> key is that? <laughs> the,
0: the good news is, as far as resume, that's a quad one loss uh so mississippi state is they look good to the people that matter and so that loss is not a big scar on her resume and then last night uh south carolina came in and just like lsu you know that was a team we we needed to handle and take care of business and we did a 83-74, we probably let them stay – keep it closer than what we wanted to,
1: but –
3: Yeah, well, they tried to blind Kobe Brown, so
1: – Yeah, yeah. That, in case you mentioned this, that three at the end should have counted. It should have been eighty-six, seventy-four.
3: After the BS South Carolina was pulling, kept fouling us, those <laughs> refs wanted to go home so damn bad. They did. They were like,
1: we're ready. <laughs> well, I think we it was don't the care. last – the last what was it forty eight seconds or something of the game or something like that of the game took like ten minutes or something it's, insane yeah. like that it took forever
3: and it was a twelve point game it was ne- they were never gonna win <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just it was they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't let us run clock out no uh, so I remember a lot of points in that game um, was a little stressful they kept taking the lead away from us uh, that Hayden kid from them about all had enough yep. of him. Uh we could not stop him there for a while. Second second half got better, but first half he had open open drives of lane constantly. Um but uh it, it did seem like we closed. I like to see that we we closed out even with a one eyed Kobe Brown.
0: I I think the one eye is what set him in and kind of got him you know like that killer mentality mentality come out of him there.
1: Yeah, Kobe, like, went, Kobe went demon mode after that. After he got poked in the eye, he was like, "All right, that's enough of this." I'm gonna time help. to go off. And yeah, time to go off. Well, let
0: let's update the basketball standings because we haven't done this in a while. Uh, Alabama still sits at the top of the conference, undefeated, ten and zero. Texas A&M, big surprise to everybody, second place in the in the conference at nine and two. Then Tennessee, who we have coming up Saturday. At Tennessee, is sitting eight and three in third place, and then Auburn seven and four, Kentucky seven seven and four, Florida six and five, and then we're tied for and seventh with Arkansas at six and five in conference play, and then Vanderbilt five and six. Uh, Case is Vanderbilt a good team?
3: Yes, Vanderbilt is a good team, and they proved that again (laughs) tonight.
0: They proved that tonight. <laughs> uh, Georgia, four and seven. Mississippi State, three and seven. I, in conference, I, I get confused at looking at their numbers and trying to figure out how they're quad one because that just does not sound good. They're 15 and eight over and all, three and seven in conference play. Ole Miss, two and nine. Uh, LSU, one and nine. And South Carolina, one and 10. So we're, we're sitting seventh and still within a game of getting to that fourth place level there. Uh, I still think we can do it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we, we absolutely can. can. It's the, you know, the remaining schedule for us. Um, we're going back to back road games this weekend. We go down to Knoxville and then we go down to the Plains, play against Auburn. Um, then, Kind of a pattern: two away, two home, two away. The next two home games are two, in my opinion, um, of the more important games on the schedule. To not only um, solidify the resume for the Tigers this year, but a and m at home on uh, the 18th and 5 p.m. and the Mississippi State two redemption games. I think that could be huge, mm-hmm. huge wins to get back. Um, kind of some get-back-right games within the conference standings. Um, Man, I wish we played – I wish we played Florida again. Uh, I'd like to have that one. I'd like to play them at home. Um, But, you know, can't do anything about that. We can play them
0: in the SEC tournament and beat them again. We can, indeed. And get redemption, at least. Uh, Um, The Tennessee game coming up, Tennessee lost tonight. So (sighs) – I mean, they're they're nineteen and five overall. Uh, ESPN has their (laughs) predictor at ninety four point nine percent Tennessee. So, as uh, Jim Carrey would say in Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance, (laughs) Uh, you know that Tennessee's last five, uh, they're four and one, or I guess they'd be three and two now because this is not updated. Uh, they beat Auburn. I don't, I don't know if y'all saw that score Saturday. I, I thought it was like a misprint. Uh, sounds more like a modern-day football game than a basketball <laughs> game, but they won 46-43. to 43.
1: Yeah.
0: Neither team got above 50.
1: Yeah, yep, that's, that's an,
0: ugly, an game. ugly game. Ugly game. Uh, um, they lost at Florida 67-54, beat Texas 82-71. Georgia seventy to forty one beat LSU seventy seven fifty six, so it definitely seems like taking away their opponent's offense is their specialty, uh, low scoring games.
1: Yeah, but I mean, looking at I'm looking at the Vanderbilt and Tennessee team stats um, and the box score. That was, I mean, Vanderbilt shot forty percent from three. Uh, 10 to 25, but then both Vandy and Tennessee shot below 50%. Tennessee shot 46, almost 47% from the field, and Vandy shot 40, almost 44%. So, really, the difference in that game was, I mean, even looking at turnovers, nine turnovers for Tennessee, eight for Vandy. Um, yeah, really just looks like it was a back-and-forth game. Tennessee was only up at two, by two at half. Um, and then Vandy, of course, hit the uh, the buzzer beater to win. So, yeah, it's definitely doable. Yeah.
3: I was hoping it it too. At, after that loss, where they're going to try and, you know, go scorched earth on us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, it, it still just continues to be a trend aside from Alabama. SEC teams going on the roads not has not been a very successful thing for anybody, and hopefully we can can break that this Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, but we still have a handful of of games left in the season. It is dwindling down. Its games are getting bigger because you know they're. The people that fill out the brackets are paying attention a little bit closer right now than what they were, say, a loss in December or January. So, I I don't want to see the big 20-point losses, you know, double-digit losses to where we're not in it. Uh, I want to see us at least keep it competitive. I mean, ultimately, I want to see us win, but... uh, Want to see the fight in the team? Want to see the fight?
3: Yeah, and with the way the whole metrics work now, it almost seems uh, uh, winning the tough, losing two of these tough, losing these next two games tough would probably push us up those rankings. You know? Yes, because yes. we got hurt yesterday, winning close closer against South Carolina. So yeah, you're right. I think hanging tough is a big deal right now.
0: It is. Uh, do we want to? Talk the Isaiah Mosley situation, not not playing the last two games, and case you were filling me in on it. Uh, do we want to talk about that, or do we think it's done and over with and moving forward now?
3: Well, there's definitely some rumors out there, and I mean, we can. I guess we do want to share the rumors.
1: I'm sure they'll see him one way or the other, so you might as well. I mean, All they're right. just rumors, so.
3: I know we had to cut this part out, but I, before I, I haul off and say I want to make sure I'm comfortable with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like there's a, so there's a rumor uh, it's kind of was posted on Power Mizzou that Isaiah may have gotten into a car accident, had a hit and run incident and missed a court date. And that is what uh, has led to missing the first half of the season because it's got some ongoing issues. And I guess that rescheduled date was, and uh, Gates wanted to make sure that he was uh, ready to go for that early morning court appearance and able to make it. And that's why he sat out last night for the South Carolina. That again, I don't want to, don't put my name on that. That is just the rumor I've seen social media and power Mizzou.
0: Well, it's a good thing that coach Gates is not win at whatever cost, you know, even if that's the, if that's really what's going on, like, Hey, the, the basketball team will still be here. It's not life or death. It's, you know, take care of this. And then we'll, we'll be here for you when that's done and over with. So, um, I, I like the composure and the, the classiness of what really matters to Coach Gates. Like the more the season goes on, the more I'm loving him being the Mizzou men's basketball coach. Definitely.
3: And, you know, you can be – we can be upset about the way things have gone this season with um, just, you know, lots of the rivals. But you can really see that we're a billion blocks to be a, a really good program with Gates yeah. at the helm. And he's someone we definitely need to keep around at all costs.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then wrestling, we absolutely – stomped Oklahoma. Uh, but then we had turned around and had a letdown two days later and barely lost our, our dual match to Oklahoma State. And that was actually an upset in the college wrestling rankings. And uh, how good is it that Coach Smith has a wrestling program to where uh, Oklahoma State beating us is an upset? For real, You know. Yeah. That's an elite program there in Stillwater. Do you know where that puts us in the Big Twelve standings? No, I I didn't even looked at that.
3: Yeah, I was just I just wonder if that loss, if that puts us in a, in a rough spot because I'd really like to keep our streak going on conference titles.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's, Keegan O'Toole just continues to dominate, and it's it's blast getting to watch him. He's he's one of the names that will go down in Missouri history, I believe. Uh, you know, with a handful of other wrestlers. And if you get a chance to watch him, go watch him because it's not not every year you get this level of a wrestler on, on the team. Yeah. And then we've got softball getting ready to start up, right? Yep, I believe so. Uh, I think I've seen some stuff for golf teams traveling. So I, I guess golf's getting started, all the spring stuff's getting ready to kick off here, and it's a great, great time to be a Mizzou Tiger. I know that the baseball
1: had a scrimmage over the weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, uh, I think softball did as well. They're, I think both teams kind of had their black and gold kind of scrimmages. So, yeah, I know uh, I know softball opens up against, I believe it's number five, Lady Longhorns. Yeah. Um, down in, I think they're playing in Florida, maybe. I'm not positive on that, but I don't know. I know they're not playing at Mizzou. Um, And, yeah, Lady Lady Tigers open up with a pretty tough test. Well, I
0: don't know about you all, but down here where I'm at this past weekend, it was absolutely gorgeous outside, like above 70. And, you know, coming out of cold into 70 and, makes me want to go hit the water and see how deep them crappie are Yep, yeah,
3: yeah we had we, we wasn't quite that nice up here i think it was in the 50s but we had the i had the exact same
1: thoughts
0: uh, yeah, dad
1: keeps dad keeps talking about turkeys and stuff i'm like that and i'm like dad you can't you can't skip past the crappie now i mean it's that's that's the that's the doorstep of spring is when the crappie start hitting and then the mushrooms start you know coming up and then we get into turkey so i don't and know i'm kind of i'm kind of with your dad on that one <laughs> well i mean don't get i love hungry. turkey I'm season so about, much i'm excited about turkey season too but man catching a limit of crappie there's not much like it
3: i was making plans with my father-in-law about forgotten last sunday
1: it's getting close boys week. it's getting close what's up you, you. You have
0: connections with uh, one Noah Carter who has a boat, uh, so you, you can get some good content for the show in, in future episodes. Just saying.
1: Yeah, we might need to. We, yeah, we might, might need to make that happen after after they're finished up.
3: You drive. You drive from Como. Y'all drive from Arkansas, Como to KC. We ride right up from my house to Iowa. I'm I'm a lot closer to the border than you all y'all are. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That is true. It sounded like he had his boat around uh, Columbia, I thought.
1: Oh, does he? he I, I he couldn't might. remember. I don't know. I have to ask him.
0: Because he, okay. he said uh, the Brown brothers and Coach Gates are the only three he hasn't got on the boat yet. And I doubt he's took everybody back to Iowa. That's a good point. Yeah. So, well, fellas. Hey, it's quick,
3: one more thing. Go ahead. We want, I want to mention the baseball team. Uh, they're actually playing in a pretty cool little uh, starter season tournament at the Astro Stadium. Nope, sorry, at the Rangers Stadium at Globe Life. They're going to play uh, – they're the only non-Texas – or no, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU and Mizzou in the college baseball showdown. And it's a fairly prestigious uh, start of season tournament. So look for that. I recall they played in this in 2020 right before COVID hit, and you all the games were on. So uh, look out for that. That's going to be some good early season baseball if you're wanting to catch some Tigers games.
0: Got to thank our guest again. Luke Griffin coming on. Uh, loved hearing his story, could talk to to anybody about outdoors and hunting and then he's got inside information on the Zoo football, you know, so I could talk to him for till he's tired of talking, I'm sure. Uh, but appreciate him coming on. Uh, Cole keep keep burning up them DMs and and bring <laughs> us guests like that cuz you got to love it. You
1: got For sure, Cole. You're in a hell of a job, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it. I'm just trying to scour social media and say, hey, who's got a, a Gripping grin out there? <laughs> we can hit them up and see if they want to come talk about it.
0: Hey, I do want to throw this out there to any of our listeners. Uh, if you enjoy the student-athletes coming on and talking outdoors and talking Mizzou, We might be looking for a sponsor to help compensate with the NIL rules now. We can do this. If you would like to sponsor a student-athlete coming on and talking Mizzou and hunting uh, or fishing, uh, reach out to us at MizzouPod on Twitter. Uh, Then
1: Case IH and Cole, what is yours? Uh, M-I-Z underscore C. Finn, as in Cole Finley my name
0: so reach out to any of us and uh, we'll gladly talk because we'd love to to help these kids any way we can uh, and would love to have more sponsors yeah, yeah. so well fellas hope you all have a great week uh, Case don't don't stress too much Sunday will be here and over before you know it
3: <laughs> yeah we'll see right Hopefully it goes our way. If not, I don't know. It was a good season, I guess. We'll see.
0: Well, as always, M-I-Z.
1: Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care.